A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Intimate Knowledge. We're coming to you from Malibu today. This is Brooke. This is Megan. And I am sex and intimacy coach Leela DeVille. And today it's about Valentine's Day and love. We're celebrating love Mm. today. And so many people, like love it or hate it, what do you girls think? Like Valentine's Day, a lot of men are really down on this holiday because the expectations are so So high. high. So So much much pressure. pressure. So much pressure, yes. Yeah. I don't know. You know, like, Brooke, we were just talking about this. We should celebrate love every single day. So to have one day with that much expectation, that's heavy. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to carry. It is. And I think we need to learn how to celebrate loving ourselves as much as our partners. And it's not about the gift. And it's not about, you know, the aha moment. It's about, you know, stepping into a deeper place of love, whether you're alone, whether you're with your girlfriends Mm -hmm. or you're in your hot, sexy relationship. I happen to love Valentine's Day. (laughs) I do. Yeah, I think um, so much stress, so much expectation and to really alleviate that and end up being about the gifts or mm-hmm. the event that you've organized and bringing it back to something that's really personal. So if you're with your partner, making it something about mm-hmm. um, like even if you just re- recreate your first date mm-hmm. or Ooh, like that's cute. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, or bring something in that's like um, that's like a highlight of your relationship and making making the whole day a celebration of your love I love that so we're going to talk about that in this episode we're also going to talk about sexy foods to get you in the mood Mm. aphrodisiacs we have chef Michael Garbino with us and we're also um, going to get into love lingo so dirty talk so if that's something that you're struggling with stick around a new season of Bridgerton is here And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. 
I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we're so excited to have you, Chef Michael, and we have lots of questions about food, setting the scene, and aphrodisiacs. And I'm mm. wondering, like, is this a real thing? Is it a myth? I mean, do you really think that if there are certain foods that can increase your libido and stimulate all of those senses? Well, for sure. I mean, it's a little bit of both. And isn't the, you know, the myth of it that kind of makes it sexy? Like when you when you get turned on, when you're when you're getting in the mood, everything is about what you think is sexy. It's mm-hmm. so subjective. Sure. So uh, it's definitely a mix of both. You know, with aphrodisiac foods, what really, what really, um, what they all have in common is that they stimulate um, production of dopamine and serotonin, mm-hmm. or they increase circulation and blood flow. 
Mm-hmm. So well, that makes that's sense. so interesting. <laughs> so, so scientifically, that there's way more foods that are considered uh, that would fall under the aphrodisiac category, um, but there are certain ones that stand out that are the typical that we think of, like oysters or chocolate. Or and do you think like it's that. also because they're loaded with vitamins and nutrients? I mean, when you you know you do research, they sort of increase a sense of well being, and when you feel better, you're more likely to be in the mood, and you know all of those things kind of go hand in hand. Or like specifically, which ones increase blood flow? Because I've, I've never heard of that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's how that okay, so it's actually. <laughs> It's actually pretty funny. Um, so there's most of most of like I do a lot of alternative diets and a lot of um, nutritional well-being cooking. Um, so one of the biggest diets that helps with um, circulation and blood flow for for patients who who have uh, issues with with that or anything is a plant-based diet. And um, and so it's always been known that uh, as my clients stick to a plant-based diet. Uh, they're they're feeling better. They're losing weight. Mm-hmm. They're feeling good about themselves. But they also have this increased circulation. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're more likely to get uh, aroused. Yeah, <laughs> so that's I like, mean oh, a long term aphrodisiac. Oh, say. for sure. Long term. Yeah, I mean it's 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 really well known now for athletes to be jumping on the plant based bandwagon because their recovery is quicker and because they perform better. Um, and it used to be so controversial because we thought we needed so much protein, mm-hmm. but it makes mm-hmm. sense too. Like if you're going out on a date and you're going to eat this big heavy meal with like potatoes and steak, more than likely as a woman, yeah. you're not really in the mood after <laughs> no. a big meal. You kind of want to curl up in bed in your sweats and. You know, it's not the yeah. sexiest feeling after a big yeah. heavy protein meal, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So when you're doing, a, let's say, like a veggie grain bowl, it's a lot lighter. It fuels you. You've got the carbs going. You have um, you have the nutrients from veggies that are, that are increasing blood flow and, yeah. and increasing your serotonin, your dopamine. So like, mm-hmm. why, why wouldn't you start feeling that way? I actually have a friend who is um, who's an athlete that went on a plant-based diet uh, <laughs> in LA and he's been, he's been doing it for about a solid three months now. And we were having dinner with him and his girlfriend. And when he went to the bathroom, she was like, Oh my God, we've been having sex nonstop. She was joking around. She calls it broccoli dick. She's like, I swear, I don't know what it is, but she's like, it's broccoli dick. Oh my gosh. All of our listeners are going to turn vegan now. I know. Right? I, I want to talk about chocolate a little bit just because, you know, the, the, the synergy between Valentine's day and this sort of love drug. And there's so much historical like myths about that. And so I'm, I want to, I'm wondering if it's true because it sort of elicits feelings of excitement. You know, when you eat a piece of chocolate and you're like, Oh, it feels so good. Mm. That tastes so good. It's kind of like the same sensation as an orgasm in a way. I mean, it's so it's said it's sort of that joyful, Ex, you know, ecstatic feeling when you eat a piece of chocolate, sort of, you know, in the same vein as it's sexual chemistry. Is there truth to that? Yes. Is that why they course. give chocolate Choc- on Valentine's Day? Or is that just the sugar that we're getting high on? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. No, well, it's why do we chocolate, give the gift of chocolate? Yeah. Uh, chocolate in particular uh, is, is known to increase serotonin. It's known to promote uh, your body's own dopamine. Mm-hmm. And especially dark chocolate. Um, the sugar obviously tastes good, mm-hmm. um, but even like, but the darker the chocolate, the more it's known to do that. And chocolate in um, South America um, has long yeah. been uh, used as an aphrodisiac. Mm-hmm. I was looking up online. Um, 
you know, just this morning, and I think there were eight prominent foods that were listed. And, you know, some of them just visually were really sexy. Like yeah, the they're phallic. Or the phallic, you know, like mm-hmm. asparagus as well. Asparagus. And the papaya sure. and sort of like the forbidden fruit, you know, that goes way yeah. back into biblical history being the fig. Hmm. Um, but I know you put together this really sexy menu, so why don't we dive into that? Yeah, so of course, like, totally the fig. Like, that was rumored that that was the fruit. It wasn't really an apple. Like going back to oh yeah oh, I didn't, oh yeah. from the Adam and Eve thing, right? Um, wow. Okay, mm-hmm. but this is intriguing. This menu. It's also really like a, a yoni or a vagina, right? Yeah, well, like it's the papaya other. as well. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if I could like. <laughs> you can say, we can was, say vagina. We can yes. say vagina. We can say vagina. Touch on that. You can say broccoli dick. I think you want to touch on vagina. So since we're touching on that. In the menu, that was sort of my overall theme with the first course was a raw scallop crudo because the the texture of a raw scallop mm-hmm. is is very sensual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like the oyster. Then, yes, exactly, yes, like the just oyster. like the oyster. How do you feel about uni? A lot of people. What is that? Uni is a sea urchin, so it's very salty, and it's not slimy and chewy like an oyster. I mean, a good oyster sh- shouldn't be chewy. But I thought you were supposed to swallow oysters. Oh, I'm not an oyster fan. You're not. Depends on the size. I think you kind of. Yeah, exactly. I think you kind of chew them before you swallow them. But uni, you're not chewing, so you're kind of swallowing. But I mean, that's also very sexy. I think, and I didn't oh, see a lot. Sure. I didn't see a lot of mention about that when I was. You know what? So I don't eat oysters, but in and or uni or I, I I mean now I'm kind of thinking about these foods in a sensual sexual way and now I'm going to become a plant based based oyster eater exactly well you got to think about that seriously Michael like for real I'm thinking about the sensual side of it and like the mental aspect of this aphrodisiac kind of idea and it's it's cool yeah and I want to do it you take the raw scallop and you figure the texture is just so similar to um <laughs> go on say it it's so, the similar it's so similar to vagina and then you have the sweetness of the papaya the little citrus of the lime the spice of the Thai chili and mm. it just it it creates this this whole feeling mm. in your mouth tell us yeah. about the and spice a little bit because that's a big a big that is a big one and that mm. is mainly about blood flow Mm. And the spice, the spice kind of like, it shocks your whole, your whole uh, body. It shocks all your nerves and your senses and everything. So when you have, when you have that, it's, it just sort of awakens your whole body and it gets the blood pumping. And sometimes if things are really spicy, it gets your adrenaline pumping, mm-hmm. your body's reacting to it. And when your adrenaline starts pumping, your blood starts going, you get flushed in your face. Just, it just like your body up. Yeah. Hmm. I like it. Okay. What else do you have on your menu? <laughs> so the next one I did a sweet corn and avocado uh, gazpacho with blue crab also sticking with um, the shellfish which is which is always been um, touted as an aphrodisiac which kind of goes somewhere between science and um, science and status that the you zinc know, content sex- the zinc content for sure with science but then also the um just the the rarity of it and how hard it was to procure things like mm. oysters or blue crab mm. and the status that came uh through history with people who had access to those things how is we all, how we all want what we can't have <laughs> sort of yeah thing. exactly hmm. you know the hot the hot guy with money is always Desirable. sexier than the hot guy 
<laughs> the game, the game of sex. Exactly. Well, what does zinc do? Uh, zinc also increases blood flow. It, oh. it increases your overall well-being and helps with um, the iron content in your blood. Mm. So it sounds like all of these foods that are feel-good foods just really give you an overall well feeling of well-being that's definitely going to make you more likely to be in the mood. But but I like it. I like that you're eating things and thinking about it, and it sort of starts the mental Yeah, and, right? and it right. being a sensual experience and really arousing the senses. And uh, I really like what you said around there's no stronger aphrodisiac than the desire provoked in one's own mind. So the mm-hmm. also just the way you eat something mm-hmm. – um, um, yeah, and the experience that you have as you're you're taking it in is yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, a hot dog is terrible for you, but it can still be an aphrodisiac. <laughs> sure, <laughs> oh my gosh, it can still get you super uh, turned on, ladies. <laughs> from, can you imagine the visual of that from in a restaurant without ceviche. really turn a guy on? <laughs> from scallop ceviche to to hot dogs, okay. <laughs> I mean, but there is something sexy about a girl chowing down a bacon cheeseburger. I mean, the I mean, guys do dig that. When you're watching the girls and commercials. she's like yeah, salivating. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Don't know how you're going to feel afterwards, but... <laughs> okay, so what do we have next then? What's for the main course? The main course was a Thai chili coconut curry. Mm. So my my idea, these clients um, specifically loved, um, loved seafood. Um, so when I was developing this menu, it, it's... Uh, skewed very heavy seafood but what i didn't want to do was use any of the traditional played out aphrodisiac no chocolate of strawberries no oysters mm. no asparagus nothing like that i don't want a filet mignon cut into the shape of a heart because we've all been there on right, that valentine's right, right. day dinner sitting side by side crammed into a restaurant with a prefix menu mm. yeah i was going to just <laughs> say that like how do we feel about that lover or love it or hate it these expectations are so high on valentine's day and these pre-menus you know it's a high price ticket and personally it's i I mean i I like more i want a little bit more control of choices and intimacy yeah i'm not about going out with a and being stuck all squeezed in on this and it's like a repeat from table to table it's like I think something a little bit more um, personal oh, and, and something that so, really says something about the couple and mm-hmm. is definitely more well, and desirable. it's so not it's so not sexy. It's yeah. it's, no. un, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It feels like it feels like an interview. It's like true, just, absolutely. Yeah. And you're it's, looking around, you wondering hit. wondering how long each couple's been together, and who's fighting, yeah, and who's so, still in love. That's and who's, why I like it. That's why I like it. I like it for like the social experiment part, for like the conversation pieces, not for the romantic side, not for the <laughs> prefix menu, for the like look at these people around us and feel the energy. And some people are awkward, some people are annoyed. Like I like that part, that side of it. But that's definitely not the reason most people like Valentine's Day. The expectations mm-hmm. are so high. I had a, a sort of a long relationship end emotionally for me on Valentine's Day. Oh, because it was such a no. oh, <laughs> it was such a miss. Oh, yeah, no, it all just became very clear to me. It like came to a crashing end on Valentine's Day because I went so out of my way. And I almost felt embarrassed because I went through mm-hmm. so much trouble. To I did things that probably a girl should never mm-hmm. do because I was in my hopeless romantic phase. So I went way overboard, like with the flowers, and yeah. I think I like wrote a poem and like I. I just yeah, but that's sweet. Oh like that's where gosh. you were at the time. You it was sweet and that. it was not reciprocated Re- and it was a fail. <laughs> and not only was it not reciprocated in a thoughtful way, there was like nothing done. No. So I'm sitting across the table. Oh no, going. And he felt more foolish than I felt. 
because he well, didn't make the effort. I yeah. sort of feel like Valentine's Day is the day that you're so you're really supposed to celebrate love. We're supposed to do it all year long. I mean, yeah. in a dream world. But okay. if there's one day that's dedicated to lovers, if yeah. we're gonna to celebrate, celebrate your love. a holiday, mm-hmm. that's the day. Well, how yeah. were you guys so off of the same page? Exactly, aren't we? Off well, it's revealing the relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I asked myself the same thing. And that was the beginning of a quick end. And, Did you ask um, him that? It wasn't even worth the conversation. Okay. I, okay. I, I, it was so clear. It was over before that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It was really a bummer. It was deeply oh, man. Were you at a restaurant when this happened? Yeah. Oh, it so good. What were you eating for dinner? <laughs> I don't even remember because I, I lost my appetite very early on. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get oh, the hell out of it. <laughs> no kidding. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen to anybody this year. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, I've always been able to to really, um, I've always been able to really uh, hit it out of the park on that day because because I just I just stay at home and you're a chef, and yeah, cook because something you're a chef. Up. So you're gonna set a sexy scene, and all of the ambiance mm-hmm. is gonna be there. Like, do you have any suggestions for us or our listeners or anything like? I mean, any way to just sort of up the game on Valentine's Day, even if you are making a little at home date, which I really love the idea of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Have any suggestions um, for us? First off, you can never have too much diptyque. Oh, <laughs> Invest in good candles. candles. Yes. <laughs> sure. Yes, very expensive candles. <laughs> Bad candles do not set the mood. <laughs> um, but no, if you're setting, if you're uh, if you're trying to do it, don't go don't go overboard with the cooking. It's not about the dinner. Mm-hmm. It's about spending time. So do something that's easy and. Uh, do something that you know how to do or that you can do ahead of time because nobody stresses not fun. No one likes it when they can feel the energy of the person who's trying so hard mm-hmm. to pull it to all impress. together yeah. because Good. they can't, they can't relax Good and point. that's not sexy. Mm-hmm. So do something that that's chill and you don't need roses. Um, you know, honestly, I love any flower with, with fragrance, um, like gardenias mm-hmm. for me. Like, my I know some people are like, their grandma but i think that they're just they're like oh they're just so disarming and jasmine jasmine's really sensual as well fragrant yeah oh i like exactly and i think Um, like really tuning to your partner right and what they what's their favorite flower or exactly and you're just the whole idea is to disarm them and make them relaxed and make them feel special and taken care of um because you want them you want them to feel vulnerable around you mm-hmm. you want them to put down all their walls and you want them to let anything that the day um, you know anything that the day had just go um yeah there's something so know. powerful about being vulnerable and love the willingness to really go there to be slightly yeah. uncomfortable i think is really exciting well what about cocktails what would we pair this menu with oh so this menu i f- was paired with a um, my client's favorite wine that he had, it was a Camus Forty, okay. which is the most amazing cab ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. red, they, red wine with, with, with um with they seafood. drank what they liked. I okay. would have done a sincere, I would have done mm. champagne, but they weren't champagne drinkers. Okay. For me, I think uh, a bottle of Moet would have been Chandon mm-hmm. uh, would have been perfect with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is um, there a stick in my language? Spirit or a cocktail that might fall into the aphrodisiac world? 
Like I know tequila is sort of an, an upper if you're going to go with like a really clean nice mezcal. cocktail. It gives you a little bit of energy. Oh, mezcal is really sexy. Yes, smoking mezcal. Oh, sure. I think there's sex, something sexy about whiskey too, with jalapenos in it. Yes. See, yes. there you go. Spice it up. That's what I would do. Tequila. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Nice and neat with a little jalapeno in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also think there's something extremely sexy about a vodka martini in a coupe glass. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that classic or classic like sexual kind of energy. I think. Yeah, I think of like old school black seductive. and white movies mm-hmm. or something. Exactly, like mm-hmm. I'm picturing like sitting at the Sunset Tower and the Tower Bar. It's yeah. dark and moody. Something yeah, sexy the... about sitting by the fireplace with a whiskey too. <laughs> that gets sure. you into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All of this. Does. Just saying. That's the point of Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We are definitely going to play around with this menu. I love all of your ideas. And um, thanks for shedding light on uh, what's true and false in the aphrodisiac world. Super sexy. Thank, thank you, Michael. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. You too. Thanks for joining us. All right. Have bye-bye. a safe flight. Bye. Bye. Thank you. So that's so interesting, ladies. Yeah. I went to a dinner once. And it was sort of like the sex party, but it wasn't a participatory like sex party. It was more of like a sexy menu where they had an aphrodisiac books, you know, foods that turn you on. And it was all women and the scene was gorgeous. There was roses everywhere. And they had an expert come in to um, do a little, um, you know, toy tutorial. But it was just it was it, it was the perfect scene to awaken all of your senses. And I was really surprised that there was a group of women um, who were really almost, I want to say proper women, but almost uncomfortable with the visual of sex toys, with the conversation about talking about sex, um, and really sort of naive to all of the things that stimulate our sensual energy. Like it was, it was really fascinating. It was a beautiful setting. Um, and I was just kind of, it was fascinating to watch the different personalities and how much, um, people sort of avoid, setting the scene to stimulate better sexual energy huh right yeah i think um i think we spoke about it maybe the la one of our podcasts about how comfortable do you feel in that much um, activation right you know and i think when we haven't been exposed to um conversation around sexuality or having our senses Mm -hmm. aroused by someone else especially in the space with other people we can get a right. lot of women could get yeah. really um, uncomfortable. Yeah, uncomfortable and want to squash that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's super common. And the more that we can kind of build our capacity, mm-hmm. and this is like a titration kind of thing, just drop mm-hmm. by drop, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit by little bit expand our And the energy is so infectious. It's like when you're with a partner who's sort of pulling that out of you or reacting in a negative way or an embarrassed way, it sort of changes directions. The t- conversation, Definitely. the topic of sex talk, like, you know, talking dirty came up. And it's really hard for so many people. And there was actually a book that was passed around. I wish I could remember the title of it. We might have to get back to it. Of one-liners. and Talk, uh, Talking dirty? Yeah, one-liners. like one-liners. Because some women are like, I just don't know what to say. Or I just need a pocket full of one-liners. I could probably huh. spit them out if I just knew what to say. But it's not like I have like, you know, a library of, of sexy you know, di- of sexy dialogue. So there's one book that's called How to Drive Him Crazy in Bed, mm-hmm. and it's by Sandra Misty. So that might be a really interesting one. Um, there's there's a lot of you know literature. I, I don't know. Do we call it literature? <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of books out there, and some women really in this particular setting were just like, 
I just can't get the words out of my. I just, yeah. just, just, so just, let just me silent. Just tell me what just to silent. say, and I'll just, I'll just try it. There's one. Well, that's called okay too. How that's to okay. talk dirty and drive your lover insane? And there's mm. over 500 dirty talk examples that'll have them going, <laughs> going crazy, scaling the walls, and pleading for sex. It's basically a how-to guide that will unleash <laughs> the sexual beast and spice okay. up your sex. Like, like okay. that's the cover story. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the intro that's like the book hasn't even been cracked yeah. open yet yeah i mean how do we how do we feel about that ladies? i mean it can be really daunting to um for women to like put word to what it is they're wanting or mm. what it is they're actually feeling mm-hmm. yeah um a lot of women don't have the vocabulary so mm. I, that's why i suggest listening to audio erotica um and we talked about like, what that is that yeah as well what is audio erotica it's so um erotic books read out oh, loud okay. just like an audio book yeah. um there's also i've discovered this um website it's called try quinn so it's a a site uh is it yeah it's a website it's a i, I believe it's an app as well um, spell it it's try t-r-y quinn q-u-i-n-n and it's audio porn so it's hmm. people kind of explaining what's happening in in the audio sense of um like there's guided masturbations and all sorts of things so you can oh. kind of <laughs> And story. Megan's eyes just lit up everybody. But we also talked about porn instead of watching porn. Reading porn can be quite educational as well. Mm -hmm. And you can really expand that vocabulary because I think a lot of women um, have a hard time expressing how they're feeling or what they're desiring, what they want, because they don't have the words for it or or even... Sometimes we don't know what we want or mm-hmm. we don't know how to say what we want and we don't know how to ask for what we want. Yeah. Um, and there's and a lot not, of belief that we shouldn't have to. Like a lot of women don't feel I don't like they should have to. I don't agree with that. What, what do you I think? I don't believe. I, don't, I think if there's any area that men need guidance or our partners need guidance, it's in the direction of um, what's going on with your body and what your inner experience is. And so giving more roadmaps and more clues to what's happening and what's working and what's not is um is definitely where it's at i think it's completely necessary and so when we're talking about dirty talk i think a really great place to start and maybe even the connotation maybe even just the tight calling it that exactly it's awkward because you think it yeah yeah, and i think there's this performative kind of nature to it of thinking Mm -hmm. that it has to be pornographic absolutely i think a great way to start with dirty talk, if we're, I'm if quotation that's what we're calling it, if that's what we're <laughs> Can calling we give it, another name. Yeah. <laughs> Bedroom I would just talk. Er- Why don't we erotic like- communication. Oh. I, think, oh. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Already, that I feel feels like that's it, Yeah, it's like okay, what is going on inside your body, and how can you communicate that with mm-hmm. your partner? Just like, oh, when you do that, I feel that all the way down to my toes mm-hmm. and even like when you touch yeah, my nipples like that if that's you, easy you know or and yeah. leaning really leaning Anybody them and guiding them yeah. into doing more of leaning what you into want. opening the dialogue because even mm-hmm. if we take a step back rather than asking for things and figuring out how to how to express that even communicating in a complimentary way and sharing the feeling yes i like this i love it when you do that i've been thinking about that all day long i've when been imagining that, it this. feels like i've been this. dreaming about this i think mm-hmm. a lot of men are afraid of this too though yeah, I because don't think you know what happens when you get it wrong 
it kills right. erotic energy. Like if or you, like if you, you, if if you have woman, a miss, yes. it can absolutely kill erotic energy. Yeah. Like even there's that that um, scene in Sex and the City with Miranda and she's with that guy who's totally into dirty talk and she's like really hesitant <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> but then he's so into it. She's like, okay, well, I've got to give this a go. And she gives it a go and falls <laughs> like, totally And no, she just says this one thing about how he loves – <laughs> when he puts her finger in his ass, and and he's like, "Easy with that." He lets it on his ass. It just sounds so much better. <laughs> Yeah, I can say it because I'm Australian, but right. um, <laughs> sounds terrible if we said it, Megan. Right? No, that doesn't need to be. Bleeped. Excuse me, could you but not when you say she, it? She men- mentions how how much he loves it when he puts when she puts his finger in, uh, her finger in his ass, and he is not he has probably never heard it aloud before and then right. it's like he's confronted with what it is he desires and it totally squishes <laughs> and like he's crickets. like out the door oh my exactly God. so that's really it funny. can kill yes, erotic energy because it really is going to show if you're on the same page or not like if you're yeah. like we're joking love. around about it but this is actually quite a serious conversation but yeah. i also think the it's important being too much to get to agree enough. on a name like what because some erotic. erotic names for our intimate parts can be a turn off or a turn on. I know. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I've heard of, I've heard of people doing this. Yeah. Is it easier to start with texting? Yeah. I would definitely say start with, if you Mm -hmm. think so, start with texting. That's safe. That's a safe space. If if we're going into the dirt, if you're not just explaining what it is you're feeling in the moment. (laughs) Ew. You know what's so funny? I'm squishing my face right now because for me, that seems so reckless and so much worse because I'm always thinking because I have 25 children, I'm always thinking, is someone going to see that? Or once you text it, it's there forever. Like, I'd rather say it, succeed or fail. I'm just going to go for it because if I text it, like, then he's going to show his friends and then somebody might see it. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be, like, captured next to, like... Oh, my gosh. Do they do that? Do they show their friends? I don't know. Maybe. No, they don't. They don't talk about sex nearly as much as what we do. I also... I'm okay. They show their friends as long... This is Amy, the producer... As long as they don't forward it, like a photo or a text, oh, no. show they it, better talk not. about it. But well, that's don't disrespectful. You know. So, are any of you brave enough? I screenshotted the dirty talk from the book Five Hundred Ways to Talk Dirty. Are, I think this would be a really good exercise for Megan. Okay. Oh, great, <laughs> I know. Megan. Are you willing to try reading any of these? Just try. I, I, okay, I just, just glanced at it, and there's some there's some okay just ones try. in there. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. Um, okay, so I'm going to make you scream and shout tonight. Mm. Wait, okay. can that you one's say it in a more sensual way. You can say anything in a in in a way that's suggestive, like pass me the salt. I'm, like you yeah. can really I'm going to just make you scream and shout tonight. I'd really like a cheeseburger with my fries. <laughs> Yeah. Is that is that good? Yeah, that one really good. good. Yeah. Is that one nice? That good. You know, good. Good. Me on. on the right path. You're okay. And saying anything in a whisper in the ear yeah. is definitely going to be more sensual and suggestive. I than, mean, there's a um, lot of f words in this list, Amy. Okay. Um, I just I don't just, worry. They're going to bleep everything anyway, so no one will know what you're I just want to be your little f- doll. Yeah. Oh. Right? No. Mm-mm. Okay, that feels kind of dumb. Mm-mm. That feels slightly dumb. I'm just <laughs> Amy's over here cracking up. I mean, these are really kind of funny. Some of them are okay. Like, I'm good. I'm gonna make you scream and shout tonight. Like, okay, all right. Um, tonight I'm the boss. We're gonna do what I want to do. That's that's a turn up. Like, I think that's what you're into. Sexy yeah. at times. I'd like to surrender to that. Don't you dare stop. Keep going. Like that's yeah. That's 
anybody could do that you know yeah. those are good places to start i think yeah i think the goals of a dirty Some of these talk other really ones. are to create tension Ooh. to create fantasy yeah. and anticipation so yeah <laughs> whoa whoa is this isn't even this isn't even allowed on our podcast no. whoa you guys we need to like we need to screenshot this and share this. There's some good one-liners in here. There I'm totally is. trying some, some of these. Ones. But there's some <gasps> bad ones, We can't too. even read these. But I think that a lot of times, Leela, you can comment if you're talking about your partner's body. So you say, like, I just love your D. You dick. You call, can we say... Let's say she says <laughs> you, Lila, oh, really? you read some. Okay, Lila will read it. She's is but isn't this interesting that none D? of us can? You couldn't it. even say it. Okay, is it better than D. Like oh, both of those words just sound so I dirty. Like, mm. I like well the way Lila says it. It sounds yeah right. So... It's okay when Lila does it. Let's learn. Oh, here mm, we go. I just love your. C- that sounds really pretty and sexy. <laughs> like I've never thought of a c- so pretty before. <laughs> I can't say it like, like you own me. Oh, that's I hot. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. No, you don't like that. See, it's all so subjective. It's I, I it really is. And that. you know what I would say yeah, about dirty talk as well. Too. I think when it's performative, it can come off really bad. I had a very hilarious conversation with my husband about this topic, and I think if it's just like pulling out a line, just to, you really have to get behind it. You right. really have to yeah. feel it. You can't just break it has it out. to be from feeling. Like if you I want his. Tell him you want his in whatever way feels the most yeah, natural right. to you. And you if know, it's what, a whisper in the you, ear. What if, if you just say, like "I a, want you"? In the mo- yes, that's yeah, I, I mean, that works, I want right? all of you. Mm-hmm. But but okay. in all, all seriousness, over. if you love his cock and you say that, I mean, let's talk intimately about ego and insecurities. Like we all want to be praised, we all want to feel good. There is an element of feel good about certain compliments, and I'm not saying say something that you don't mean. But like I'll say to my boyfriend, like you have a hall of fame. Like love it, like amazing, like best ever in the whole world. Yeah, that like, is a compliment. true story. And he's like, "Well, I go true story, babe. I mean it. Love it, fucking amazing, true." And he and my my girlfriends would be like, "I go no, but I mean it. I love it. I mean it. I want to say it." And it feels just as good for me to say it than it does for him to receive it. So, you know, little things. Yeah, that's true. And I want you could be just as impactful as I love your. Yeah, I think appreciation. Right? Yeah, I think all of this is appreciative, right? Like, it, yeah, and it, we all need it. Mm-hmm. We, and, and the and game. I, let's not underestimate the game and the element of the tease and the narrative. We can change directions mm-hmm. in any scene. I mean, you could go from vulgar to aggressive to more intimate yeah. and soft. And yeah, um, and I, I think also a lot of women I've I've found hesitate from saying what it is that they want because they don't necessarily want it like that every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, we like as women we 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 shift from day to day moment to moment week mm-hmm. to week and so what we want one time or what works one time doesn't necessarily work mm-hmm. the next and so uh, yeah a lot of women hesitate from actually saying it because they think they're going to just get it like that all the time or they're always going to want to get f- like that yeah. or so they yeah they so they hold back but yeah, you can change the narrative at any moment. You can change direction. You can shift yeah. it. What, al- I mean, what about also, because I, I think this is slightly sad but but interesting, and I hope that most women can sort of get past this. There's this element of holding back. 
Oh, yeah. That women and men do because they don't want to give too much. They don't want to give up that control. They don't want to want too much. And that's sort of fear of not only rejection, fear of giving someone the upper hand, fear of is it not going to be reciprocated. And, like, I'm in a place in my life right now where I'm just getting so much joy and pleasure out of giving. Like, it's a complete... Um, surrender to love. It's a conscious decision. I've never been in that space before. It's a complete turn on for me. I feel mm-hmm. like in full bloom as a woman, and mm-hmm. I and I and I'm in, I'm really enjoying it. And I've been through phases in my life where I wouldn't mm-hmm. dare give that yeah. way for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. So I think the game part of it, it's complicated. It's very complex, right? Yeah, I think. The holding back, which doesn't really serve you. Do, do how do you Absolutely. feel about that? And I think when we're younger and we've had negative experiences, traumatic experiences, mm-hmm. really hurtful experiences, where we've we've felt like we needed to guard our heart, mm-hmm. or we've needed to to drip feed it almost, like like oh, is it safe? Can I trust this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I'm definitely not all for like just giving it willy nilly. It has Mm -hmm. to be a different, like you might have to create a space and a a relationship Mm -hmm. for yourself to be able to go there. Um, You know what I think would be a really beautiful exercise and I've actually tried this before and it's sort of an experiment. So if it feels uncomfortable and it's not the norm or it's out of character, it's sort of an educational, you know, experiment with a loving partner to just set the scene to be able to for one session or one night say everything that comes to mind like I, I, I tried this with my boyfriend like I'm like everything is like everything I go yeah everything he goes I want to know everything you're thinking and part of me is like oh you do not want to know everything I'm thinking <laughs> oh you're not ready for that but but I was like everything because some things and I agree with what you said you're thinking but you might not want to become reality but it's sort of an experiment of just getting to know the psyche and getting to know mm-hmm. what's going on sort of behind the scenes yeah. and the verbal connection also keeps you present because for me in silence you can drift you can drift to other yeah. places to other spaces oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. to other countries like you know yeah, being but, verbal in silence can ex- really that uncomfortable bring it experiment of like let's just just try it and you yeah, know how like was it, it? Yeah. You how, what was it like amazing was it and it was a eye opening and i like I like dirty talk. So is this I like, during sex you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. yeah In the moment great. without And editing. that was his idea? Yeah. It was my idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great I, idea. I, I, I mean, it was freeing. And it was almost like you're saying, I wouldn't normally... Or it almost takes away the uncomfortableness of it because I wouldn't normally do this, but we're just going to try it. And mm-hmm. it's sort of like, oh, okay, here we go. But in all honesty, not making up just sort of letting it flow without editing or having any any fear or hesitation about what someone might think because you know you're in this experiment yeah right, and it's not right. a criticism or a judgment it's yeah, just like it's let's just give each that, other the information well, you i could like do that. a dirty talk experiment yeah. like that yeah i mean i it guess was, that's kind of what that is isn't it it's a little bit it, it, maybe more of an intro to dirty talk because mm-hmm. you're saying what you yeah. want what's yeah. on your mind i mean you could be dirty it could just be like very transactional like it could be deep like any kind of but just giving insight into what the inner insight, experience yes, is so absolutely you know, like, oh, and staying yeah. present yeah. that's mm-hmm. huge and that's mm-hmm. you know really hard to do and also normal and healthy you know to drift off and drift into fantasy land I think that's very very healthy or the what to-do do list <laughs> or the what or the to-do the list, to-do list. <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> early you have to get up <laughs> next in the morning so you're, or drifting off away you away mean. you know absent right. being absent right. from yes. what's going on yes 
But I love that. It all goes back to communication and how important that is to know your partner, uh-huh. to know yourself, yeah, and not to not have fear to express your needs and desires. I think it's important to address that the book that helps you know how to talk dirty also tells you what not to say. Oh. Oh. So, so this is... Okay, this is... Amazing. So these are the hard no's, okay. everyone, of what never to say <laughs> during sex, right? Oh is this God. what we're like saying? People actually need to be told this. Oh, this gosh. is terrible. Oh, gosh. Okay, ready, ladies? Okay. You're not hard enough. Okay. Oh, God, never say that. Guess it's time to go. I'm late for that appointment. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you ever going to come? Um, well, mm. I'm not sure I agree with that. Wait, hold I, on. No, I agree <laughs> with that. Might, you do? Never yeah. to say it? Don't say that. I say that. Wait, why not, Leela? I know. I, I, Megan and I were like, well, I, well, mean, I just want to. Yeah, it implies that you're waiting for it to happen for it to right, be over. Like get it over with. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that's the end result. Yeah. And it's, we're not done until you're done. So, da, da, da. you know, right, it's just like, right. it's a lot of pressure. Sounds a lot final. of, and, and for some men that I have known, um, orgasm or ejaculation isn't the end goal for them. Right. And they're quite happy not. Yeah. So, okay. you know. Okay, yeah. so don't say that. So don't say that. Here's another big no no. You know, I have other things to do. Wait, <laughs> when? When would you ever say How that? How is this in a dirty <laughs> talk? I, w- I was thinking it was going to be like a little bit more risque. Like, you know. Wait, why oh would you God. ever, why would anyone ever say that? During and sex? here's lines by the man. How's your mom, by the way? <laughs> you <laughs> mid sex. You're kidding me. Wait, here's another <laughs> horrific one. Your tits are so cute. They're so small and cuddly. <laughs> Wait, those don't go together. Small and cuddly. Oh that god. doesn't work. Oh my god, this is hilarious. <laughs> Anything this more is than a hilarious. Oh my god. Oh, that's oh so my funny. god. Okay. Oh my gosh. I think we need to work on um, <laughs> intimate knowledge um, 101. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Our own little book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take yes. a break. I'm all flustered. Let's take a break. Okay. <laughs> A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we are getting the best emails from everyone. We are having so much fun with this. So please keep them coming because we really, really, really want to hear from you, the good and the bad. And we love your questions. So don't forget to email us at ik at iheartradio.com. Or just slide into our inbox on Instagram at Intimate Knowledge Podcast. So much fun. Keep the conversation going. This one's for all of us. So I have a question that was written in anonymous. Okay. Can a female having an orgasm come a lot it looks and smells like we and feels like we when it's happening. I guess you say Urine. pee. Urine? Yeah, I was like, I'm not like, sure everybody's going to She might be Australian. She might be Australian. So, Is yeah. that what you say in Australia? We say we. Okay. You say we. <laughs> Got it. I always go to the toilet before sex or anything, but it keeps happening and I'm confused and embarrassed and it's messy. If it is come, any tips to make it less of a chore to clean up afterwards and feel more okay with it happening? Well, 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 well. <laughs> yeah so it's not pee <laughs> it's not okay no. I, but then why does it smell like pee so it could be pee commonly, if she's having some light bladder leakage it could be pee yeah if she's got an I mean, the, issue the, the science hasn't really been worked out on this um but there's there are conflicting stuff on the internet or when you when you google this and stuff but this is female ejaculate so it's common that we usually think that the uh, um, urethra for women is only delivering urine or yes. um, taking out urine. That's what I thought. But in men, it mm. it delivers both urine and seminal fluid. Mm-hmm. So for it's a like woman, a man can't come and go at the same time. There's sort of like that myth because they can't possibly urinate. And it shuts come. off. The prostate mm-hmm. delivers fluid. It mixes mm-hmm. with the with the with the sperm and the seminal fluid. It makes about up about thirty percent of that fluid. Um, and for women, we have something called the skin glands, which is known. They're calling it now the female prostate. So we also produce mm. a fluid. Now, when you have um, 
penetrative sex. Wait, hold on one second. Are you talking about um, natural lubrication fluid or are you talking about another secretion? Another fluid. Something different Through than the urethra. Yeah. Through the urethra. Oh, okay. Right, that's produced by the skein glands. Now, the skein glands are really close to the urethra and the urethra sponge. So if you know anything about the G-spot, when the G-spot is stimulated and everybody has a G-spot, just sometimes it's easier to find because you're more aroused or, um, and every, every woman has a different sensation when it comes to the G-spot. It's not just some magical button that you push that you'll automatically come from. Mm-hmm. But when the G-spot is stimulated, a lot of women produce fluid in their skin glands that mm. then is, um, that it builds up. And then when she has an orgasm, she can ejaculate that fluid wow um and sometimes it crass, but is that what squirting is is that yeah. is that a lot of women are trying to go for this as well they they want to be able to ejaculate um so do you think what we see in porn is real because a lot of women have that expectation okay, so of this can, massive and why does it well, smell like urine some, then well, for this coming okay. from the urethra okay so yeah, it's like so, mixed in. so yeah, it's okay. slightly mixed and as it is for a man too right like you just said you said 30% yeah but it's a different it's mm-hmm. a different. Um, it, it it's it's different. It's slightly different. So that's different the urban squirting. Yeah, but it can it, every. I think everybody okay. produces a little bit of this. Look, it could range from a few drops to a cupful. A oh, wow. um, cup. And for some okay. women, how they common? have um, stronger orgasmic, or sorry, like their muscles mm-hmm. contract more, mm-hmm. and so then it can come out in more of a gush oh. or a squirt. And for some women, it just kind of comes comes out without it just like a man can ejaculate can kind of dribble out can, can kind of spurt out so it's the same for a woman so, so this can we s- yeah this anonymous person might be is sounds like something that people want yeah. sometimes well i mean what can we I mean, say yeah. to her yeah. to I mean, help her thing through is, I the think a lot of it is around that knowing that this isn't you peeing right it can feel yes. when this yes. fluid builds up it can feel like the sensation of you're about oh, to pee mm-hmm. and so a lot of women are kind of holding back from mm-hmm. having that experience get embarrassed and so i think once you alleviate the knowing that this isn't pee that this is something that actually people are going I would, for I would imagine desiring that a, a, a partner would really enjoy that but so let's it talk to her about can. how to shift her point of view because also that fear of even if she said even if it was coming it's a bit messy like I, I, I don't know. I think messy sex is sort of hot. Like, like moving past that and just embracing that and understanding that it's. I mean, a guy is you, messy. Like, a, it's a messy every single time. Exactly. I think this orgasm, is a kind so. of old framework around what we allow ourselves as women and this kind of idea of having to be held back or being restricted in in our sexual expression and our in our sex. Um, so I think once we kind of unravel that and allow ourselves to have whatever it is that is real and alive for us in the moment, um, you know, we can start, yeah, start to unravel that and just be with how we are. Um, a lot of women with who um, gush or who squirt or who ejaculate, they like to put a towel underneath them mm. themselves so they feel more comfortable if they're about to do that. Um, or some people like to experience this in the bath or the shower so that there isn't that clean-up afterwards or some, some women who are going for that, wanting to experience that, that's what they do. Um, but, I mean, I think it's such a beautiful... In different cultures, like in Tantra, it's called ambrosia. Like this is like the golden mm. fluid and like men want to bathe themselves in it. Women want to bathe oh, themselves no, in it. Like that. it's a really beautiful thing. I think, yeah, so. no, I get that. I think that sounds beautiful. Well, it does. <laughs> that, come on, that sounds really Have you experienced that ever? No. 
Not me. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really telling. But you know, when you say gushing, it sounds much better. And some people medically think that everyone can do it. And I do I believe that, that when you really? get hung up on something, sometimes you're so focused on it that it can almost be, um, you know, a downer when it doesn't happen. I really oh. believe in just, you know, the freedom of what you're saying and letting your body do what it needs to do. Sometimes mm-hmm. we put way too much pressure on ourselves. I, I, I want to go back to, to what you just said about um, Tantra and, you know, tantric sex, because we were talking before about cheeky, dirty talk and all these like 500 one-liners and whatever, and they're, you know, sort of crass. But there are really beautiful books on tantric sex that are have incredible illustrations and, um, you know, ancient artwork and positions and their exercises. And it's actually sort of like a like a love style, like a lifestyle that you could do, um, with your partner where you, you know, develop, you know, that, that, that sort of shared experience and you, and it's very experimental, right? And then there's beautiful, more loving expressions. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there's a book called Tantric Sex. That's really, I I think I might even have it somewhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a lot of great books. I think, well, I have... I definitely have some that I'll pull forward and we'll so put them like in the show So if like that notes. sort of raunchy, dirty talk is not for you, there's so many other ways yeah. to express yourself and learning how sexually. to learning how to communicate your pleasure through your body. That's a lot of what tantra tantra mm-hmm. is about. Is actually letting that the pleasure kind of ooze out of your body, and so that's communicating to your partner where you know. And um, I can't not touch on this just because it just came up. With the whole gushing and the, you know, the elixir of love and the golden shower and the, in the shower. Not like, the golden. We didn't, we well, didn't say the golden did shower. I saw the golden fluid. Oh, the golden fluid. Yeah. But I wanted to, um, I mean, some people are really into that. Like literally the golden shower. Like, but uh, like how hard is that to achieve? No, no, I'm not talking about the gushing. I'm talking about urinating. Urinating. Actual urinating. But no, like some people are really into that. Yeah, what are your people are into a lot of different things. And, and is I, there a name for that? Is there a term for that? That's the I golden shower, right? <laughs> that's the golden shower, yeah. And no, since a know. man can't come and go at the same time, that's <laughs> slightly difficult. But a woman can. Yeah, she could. Really? Oh. Yeah. I mean, okay. I think so. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. She wanted to. <laughs> she really whatever wanted. you, whatever she floats your boat. Right? I think you could it's like a lot experience of penetration and urination at the same time. Am I medi- medically as You that could. True story. As a woman, yep. Since you brought it up, I, I, the, I don't know how far the, we're going to go. Here's Amy. The golden, the voice of reason here comes Amy. <laughs> golden shower is a real fascinating topic. Mm-hmm. It's not as horrifying as initially you sort of think it is. I don't know. I guess we could be bold and talk about it for a second. Like it wasn't on a sex in the city really broke a lot of ground because that yeah, episode was just on and it was John Slattery from Mad Men. So it made it extra hot. I don't remember that episode. What was the scene? Paint, paint the picture for me. John Slattery from Mad Men plays this. He's like running for Congress or Senate or something. And he's dating Carrie and he's super into that and keeps asking her I think he wants to do it on her in the shower. And she's like pondering it. I think she, he wants her to do it to him. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's Mm -hmm. what it was. And then she... (laughs) Slightly more palatable. (laughs) She finally said, can I... (laughs) What did she say? Can I dribble hot water on you? She's like, he's in the shower and I think she's sitting on the toilet talking to him. And I think she says, can I dribble hot water on you? Like... Something she's trying to sort of bait and switch is a little bit. Is that her dirty talk? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, interestingly, he breaks up with her. He says, you know, in a kind of a, I just saw this episode. He says, um, 
oh, my publicist thinks we shouldn't be dating anyway, you know. Good reason not to date, by the way. But if we're taking a step back from the Sex and the City episode, I kind of get it, I guess. I guess. I mean, if you're if you're into a, a type mm-hmm. of sexual play and your partner doesn't reciprocate and that, that that's not what they're into and that's really a, a part of what you mm-hmm. want to explore, mm-hmm. then I understand it. Like it's I, on billions. TV is like a mecca for sort of all the topics we have. On billions, it's all part of a BDSM. Mm-hmm. Well, see, so now that it was on billions, everybody's going to be like talking about it and oh. open doors. I have a funny story. So my girlfriend, her man that she was dating was into it. And so she like mustered up the courage to try it. And she, we were, la- we were laughing so hard at happy hour the other night talking about this. She oh, couldn't, she was willing and wanted she to couldn't. do it and was totally she stage fright. And she physically couldn't turn do on the, it. And turn so, on the like, faucet. There she was. You could imagine the scene. <laughs> they weren't even in the shower. They were like outside. I don't, I even, I don't even know here. where they were, but imagine the scene. He's laying down and she's straddling him and they're making that. Well, they probably like, were Where sex. are they? Are they on the, I don't even are they know. on the bed? I don't even know like, where they were. What do were. you have to put down? They probably, I mean, I would hope they weren't in bed. I don't know where okay, they were, okay, but okay. she's painting the picture of okay. the scene, ready, willing, and able, intoxicated, all into it, uh-huh. and it wouldn't happen. And I'm like, well, how long did you try? Or how long, or how embarrassing? She's like, I had such stage fright. Like, there I was. She goes, and I was dying. And then she goes, I was so into it. I was dying for it to happen. It was going to be all warm and wet and hot and sexy. And she goes, and it never happened. Oh, she, was, she just couldn't. It's almost like that feeling where you can't pee yeah. in front of someone. Was she going to try again? Like, is she going to try again? I don't know. I, I need to know. Now I'm like, all invested. Potty training. <laughs> like your your five year old's like, I don't they have to go, mom. Forever. I'll sit there, but forever. nothing's going to come out. Can you imagine the guy just sitting there like, can you just do it already? And she's Wait, like, Wait, Amy, it literally is potty training. That's literally <laughs> what it is. I'm going to ask her if, ever, if she ever succeeded. Oh, I mean, you know, we're going to have her so mad at us. We're going to have her yeah. anonymously and tell us the story, but she'll have to change her voice. <laughs> well, She's going to kill me, changer. by the way. She's going to kill You know, it's, there, there, there is a taboo about this with our girlfriends and sharing stories. Like, she would, well, she'll kill me. <laughs> Sorry, honey, but I mean, that is funny. That is some funny stuff. Figure it out and get back to us. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Oh, I'm very accepting of yeah, all kinds of sexual play. Good. So if you're into cactuses or typewriters or whatever it is that you're into. And Valentine's Golden Day shot. would be the perfect day to try it. <laughs> right. For real. My Happy so- Valentine's Day, I, So I have a psychic and she knows like people's like sexual, like in, weird eccentricities whenever she reads them. Like she won't tell them, but she'll, like, she knows. Isn't that kind of crazy? Mm-hmm. I get some insight. Mm-hmm. I get a little oh, download. Sure do. What do you mean? When, when I meet you? people, what they're into, you can t- I bet you can't. That's probably yeah, really helpful I, I think, in your profession. Well, it's like BDE, right? It's like yeah. the B, the big dick yeah, energy. Like you can just feel it. So mm. I feel like I feel like, and no, you're very intuitive too. I could totally see you, like just being I like in I somebody's bedroom. <laughs> you're like, I know what you're into. I'll leave us. I'll. Leave, I know we have to end the show, but this book with the 500 things has a lot of stuff in there. So I'll read you a couple. And we're not we're not poking fun. I, I think it's important that sometimes you yeah, giggle. I think we're really accepting over here. So there is tripsologniac, which means you're aroused by having your hair shampooed. Oh, I love Ooh, that. I might be. That I'm definitely person. that. There is mm-hmm. agalmatophilia, which is sexual attraction to mannequins. Mm-hmm. I don't oh. know about that. Mm-hmm. Sex dolls. That's this one, it's called catrupnophilia. 
but it's touching yourself in front of mirrors. Oh, sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Done it. Done it. Great. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. With your, with your friend, <laughs> with your friend. <laughs> then I'll, I'll leave you with this one. Axillism is having sex with the armpit. I don't love an armpit, so. But there you go. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, happy Valentine's Day. That's pheromones. I kind of get that. Yeah, happy Valentine's, everyone. Happy Valentine's. Go out and celebrate love. Everyone have a great Valentine's Day. I want to hear some Valentine's stories, so reach out to us, email us. We might bring them to life on our show. Or Galentine's Day, you know. Nothing wrong with Celebrate love of all forms. Yes, I want to. I want to end on this note, because I'm so glad you said that. I think Valentine's Day is amazing, especially for girls like us, mm-hmm. Megan, but also, you know, crushing on yourself and falling in love with yourself yeah. because I think real love, yes, like a real healthy, yes. deep love starts from such a personal, intimate space mm-hmm. within and learning how to fall in love with yourself and really be in touch with yourself and celebrate mm-hmm. your own feminine energy and honor all of Amen. that is like a beautiful, yeah. beautiful, important thing. Let's I want to challenge, there. I want to challenge our single listeners to buy themselves flowers this Valentine's Day. So let's do it, ladies. Mm. Yeah. Buy yourself flowers and feel good about it. And, love and pretty ones. Don't don't go cheap, okay? Yeah. Splurge. Go. Yes, yes, yes. Do it. You're worth it. Happy Valentine's, Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Day. Happy Valentine's. Subscribe to Intimate Knowledge on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.